G'day, everybody. And in fact, good evening. It's time for an, what we think will be a very interesting Saundo and Redders NDCA SD podcast. They're always quite interesting, but I think the little man might have something to say on his soapbox a little bit later on. Dan Saunders, sir, thank you for your company on Sunday. Good evening, great man. G'day, Redders, mate. Uh, great to be here. Plenty to talk about. Exciting time around for week two of the final series. Um, eight teams down to six, and after this weekend, down to four. From the waterboard, the great man's here, Mitch Cronin. G'day, Mitch. Welcome for the second time this year. Thanks, Redders. Thanks for having me back, mate. Absolute pleasure. And from the Rose Scholars, again, ducking up from work at the moment at his business, so we do thank you for his time. Adam Hardy, uh, good evening, my friend. Hey, guys. How you going? Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, everybody, without him having some work commitments, we're going to go straight to the Rose Scholars game. We'll talk Rose Scholars last week and then Rose Scholars this week and then push on with the rest of the potty. The Rose Scholars, ladies and gents, played Warners Bay at Fay and Oval on Saturday, the 4th of March. Um, I've heard a little bit about the weekend. I'm going to ask Adam about that in a minute because I might have had a couple of conversations with some people. Rose Scholars uh, won the toss and batted and off 40 overs, a grinding four for 121, which sort of a uh, six for 121, I'm sorry, which sort of shows what kind of day it was. Top score, Jason France with 33 and Paddy Considine 25, and in which he was dropped 4,000 times. And uh, wickets for Warners Bay, Matt Riding three for 35 and one for Sir Simon Smith and Scott Burns. Uh, Saundow, Adam and Mitch, you'll be pleased to know that the Warners Bay guy was the Warners Bay guys on Saturday night were running a trivia question. Which of the, th- which of the 11 Warners Bay um players on Saturday didn't drop a catch and the answer was three so they shelled some chances Adam, for Adam first of all how in all honesty 120 on a 14 overs shows that it was tough we get okay to be fair uh yeah I guess well we won the toss and batted first um and yeah it was a bit sticky it was harder to bat on I believe there was a bit of rain um they were rolling it when we got there, but it still looked good. But um, yeah, it was hard to bat on and the guys scored reasonably slowly and um, just not enough runs really at the end of the day. We um, tried our best to, to get the guys out, but um, just they were just way too good on the day. Um, gents, all of you, I, I heard from a couple of players that um, especially with in Ballenden's case, there were a few popping and it wasn't easy to bat. It wasn't a normal flat belter. There was rain. I think Saunders, you told me there was rain on. If I'm if I'm if I listen correctly, Friday night, and then from the Warners Bay lads, they said it also there was a shower on Friday morning. Can you, you could sorry Saturday morning? Can you confirm that for me, Dan? Yeah, about 10, 30, 11 on Friday night, there was a bit of a downpour. I do believe they did have the covers on, mind you. They unquestionably had the covers on. That's not Saturday morning around seven o'clock. Apparently, there was light a light shower as well. Um, yeah, so, and again, because they put so much preparation in that, you know, on a, and another ground, and especially being week one of a final, an easy decision could have been made, but they've done everything to get a game on. Um, as Adam said, Rogue Scholars have won the bat and chose the bat first. Um, it's clear by the result that Wicked did flatten out pretty well as the afternoon went on. Absolutely. <clears throat> Second wicket partnership of 96 between Giles Manley, who doesn't need any excuse. I believe he had a couple of uh, dollies put down as well. Um, yep. 52 night. And Scotty Burns. Uh, solid knock there of 45 with six boundaries. Um, just going back to the Rogue Scholars innings, you mentioned the wicket takers, but Jesse Ballenden's figures should be uh, eight yes. over two maidens, no wicket for nine. And from what you have said, he, he was quite hard to get away. But, um, yeah, the wickets come if the other end's 
tying it up. And, and I've always said that, you know, those figures in the M column are just as important, if not more so, than the ones in the W column. And, and Jesse Ballinard, ladies and gentlemen, who's beginning to get a, a rivaling Neil Smith for the worst haircut in suburban districts cricket. And uh, look, well, I'm in that club. Yeah, look, looking like looking like the rather large love child of Billy Idol. Um, Adam, had the wicket indeed flattened out somewhat by the time you you got the rock in your hands? Yeah, yeah, I I, I think it got easier to bat on. Um, they they batted well, but it was just one of those games with hindsight. We probably could have gone at it a hundred different ways. Um, we we dropped. Um, Oh, four or five catches. Um, Giles Manley, as you said, we, I think we dropped him on single figures, which would be probably the first time we got some of those this year. But um, yeah, it, I I still think they were too good on the day. We, we tried a few different things. We um, probably a bit complacent from coming in from the week before, um, knocking them over. Um, so yeah, it, I won't blame the wicket. Just weren't good enough on the day. Sounds fair enough to me. Um, yeah, well, that, that, that's just the way it is. And probably 121. If you, It would have been interesting if you got that sort of pass of just score of 160 mm. somehow. That would have been interesting. But yeah, and a, and a wicket yeah. to A. Hardy, I see there. Uh, one for 25 to A. Hardy. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't my best bowling effort. But, uh, but I got one late. And, uh, and the, the, the two of you uh, match up against one another on Saturday on what's going to be a nice warm day. In Novocastia, Sunday's interesting because it's going to rain on Sunday. Easington Oval, it's the Rose Scholars, Rose Scholar Career Club and West Waterboard. Gents, this should be, and it's course, it's now sudden death. We'll talk to Adam um, to mention a little while about an extraordinary game between the two West sides. But, fellas, this should be a cracking game of cricket because I reckon this match. Sorry? Rose Scholars from Hamwitz. Journeyman's the other West team. Sorry, did I? I thought I just said the two West sides. You did. Hamwicks with a uh, rose goals with Hamwicks. Yeah, sorry, I, I meant uh, last week. I meant that they. Had, I, I was referring to the fact that mid the two West sides played each other last week. I didn't think I got that wrong. Yeah, so guys, this should be a cracking. Uh, there's so many match winners on both sides. This this could be one of those games that's just up and down and ebbs and flows. To both of you, um, you must be looking forward. It should be a cracking day. Yeah, it should be should be a good day. We haven't got to play each other this year. Uh, two washouts um, and then normal season when we're supposed to catch up. So I haven't played against these guys for a few years since the old CNS days. Uh, Mitch, well, once again, welcome, mate. It should be a cracking game and you, you guys are going to have to play four weeks of sudden death cricket. Yeah, well, I was just about to bring up too how we haven't played through the round game. So we're sort of going into a blind. We, we obviously would know um, sort of the decent players and the match winners from each teams, but um, yeah, I think it's just going to come down to who plays the best cricket on the day. Yeah, as I said, the conditions are up until Saturday, well, it's going to be very dry. I think the wicket will be fine. The weather this weekend comes on Sunday. So, um, guys, I haven't been in Newcastle this week. I'm assuming it's been nice and hot and dry up there too? Certainly has been, yeah. Um, Sondo, over to you, mate. Um, where do you see... How do you see this game going? It, 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 there's so many permutations with these two sides. Again, they haven't seen each other. And no. um, there's so much at stake. 
Yeah, well, again, doing my research before the show, and that was the first thing I, I realised. Well, geez, these pair haven't actually played each other this season. They, a washout at Islington, a washout up at Hexham. Um, and if you look where they've finished, I think one point separated them on the ladder between fourth and fifth. And even one of those games getting on could have been a flip around of fourth, fifth, or it could have been an extended break between four, five. Look, the, the teams match up really well. Um, I mean, if we start with Rogue Scholars, they finished fourth, they're the home team. Um, players such as Patrick Considine, who was last season, year two, is our player of the year. Um, I know he's missed a number of games this year, but the games he's been available for the Rogue Scholars, he's nearly been best on park each game. He's had a phenomenal season with bat and ball. I've raved about their bowling attack all season. Considine, Tradenic, Trajanowski, Adam Hardy, Jeremy Baxter, very impressed with his left-arm orthodox. Um, Corey Bruce. Um, who was scoring a lot of runs at the start of the year, also very handy. Elliot McLeod, there's, they've got 40 overs in the field. That To me, that's their strength, <laughs> is being able to bowl teams out. If uh, I'm putting all my cards on the table, I do have concerns about the depth of their batting. Um, yep. But if uh, Corey and or um, Pat Considine get going, they've found ways to bat with them and bat in partnerships. And I think if Rose Scholars, I think, for them, they'll, they'll want to skittle waterboard and chase as few as possible. On the flip side with waterboard, I mean, I know we've got Mitch on air, I've got no need to you know, kiss up to him, but he's shown that he can rip an attack apart. If he can get on top of that Rogue Scholars bowling attack, it could be because it's a big field, as, as the Rogue Scholars know, it's, it's big, it's dry, reasonably fast. There's a lot of runs out there, and you don't want to bat bowl first and, and for 40 overs. You want to get out there and try and bowl that opposition out. I think the team that bat first in this game or bat their overs will win. I, I don't want to say who scores the most runs because that's obvious. Um, waterboard, mind you, they've shown they've got a collapse or two in them as well. You know, they've got you know, James Earl, uh, Jacob Rippon scored 100 this year. Um, uh, Nick Dunchy, Dimmers, the guys in the middle order who can go very evenly matched, but and, and Mitch will be the first to admit that they've certainly got a collapse in, in them as well. And that Rogue Scholars bowling lineup. Again, if they can get on top, it's 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 a really a, a battle of bat over ball here. And um, I know that uh, yeah, my kid's going to hate me on Saturday because we're going to be doing a couple of trips, and uh, we'll, we'll certainly be stopping by Islington during the daytime. Look, I, I couldn't agree more. I I just think it's so even. There's so many match winners, and it's going to come down to pressure points, gentlemen. It's going to come down to a particularly. As you would know, Adam Hardy, it's going to come down to teams taking catches at critical junctures. That's going to be a major point of this one on either side. Catches will win this final. Yeah, we did a bit of catching practice yesterday, actually, which is not our normal uh, training session, which uh, shows how how we're coming into this game. But, um, yeah, we, we've got a good side, um, pretty strong side available. A couple of guys coming back. Uh, Andrew Townsend was unavailable last week and he's coming in. Um, yeah, was, anyway. first graders picked this week? No, um, Sam Weber is supposed to play a couple of games for us this year and he's yet to turn up. But um, <laughs> we, I think he might be there having a beer, but, but but I don't think we can get him out in the field. We wouldn't we wouldn't bring him into a semi-final. Uh, unlike other clubs. Well um, said. Gents, Thank you, um, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on. I know that you're extremely busy tonight. Can all, uh, we both uh, take the attention of wishing both teams of the very best of luck? It's going to be a fantastic afternoon of cricket. Again, it's one o'clock at Islington Oval. The Rose Scholars have got home rights. Adam, thank you so much for giving your time. The best wishes to you. 
And um, Thanks, hope mate. to get you hope to get you on the podcast again soon. As I said, I know you've got to head off. Thank you for your time. So I really appreciate it on a busy night. Cheers, mate. Legend. Thanks, Adam. Much Thank appreciated, mate. Hope you clean up in there this weekend with the uh, the hordes in there for the supercars. All the best. <laughs> Thanks, Absolutely mate. best Cheers. wishes for the weekend. Yeah, good on you. Cheers. It's Cronut. Um, talk us through Saturday. What a fascinating game of cricket this was. The journeyman and the waterboarder game at Hexham Park. The journeyman, and you wonder, Dan Saunders talks about this, I reckon, every second week. David, you've, they've got about out 40 overs. And if you look at the scores, the journeyman left three balls in the shed. And you just wonder, don't you, if they'd have got even a couple more singles. But what a game of cricket. Certainly one of those games that wasn't won until the last ball, which was the third last ball of the day. Talk us through the day, Mitch. Again, the journeyman, 171, all out of 39.3. The waterboard got a nine down after 30 39.4 overs. What a great game of cricket. Mitch Cronin, tell us the story of the day, mate. Yeah, well, to start off with, I thought we were pretty lucky to get on. I think we got one or two mil of rain overnight and um, Hexham's usually always washed out. So it was pretty well done by them to get the roller on it and get a pitch up for us. But um, the pitch played well. They won the toss and batted. Because um, it was our home game, we put the cones out and Jacob Rippon usually does that. And I don't know why, but the first time this season, he made one of the boundaries about 50 metres and the other was about 80 metres. So they just come out firing and Cam Wells coming out and hit all six of his sixes to that short boundary. And we're in the field and giving it to Jake Rippon about setting those short boundaries. But we knew that it was going to be the same for both sides. So we weren't too fussed about it. But... Yeah, they were none for 80 and we were thinking, oh, God, here we go. But we um, ended up taking very wide wicket and sort of restricting them after that. I don't think there was too many scores after the two openers. So, um, yeah, it's always a really good close game with them crew. We've been rivals for quite some time. So um, we were never we were never winning the game until we won it. So it was it was just one of those games, yeah. And just quietly, Mitch Cronin, ladies and gentlemen, four for 26 off 7.3, continuing his outstanding form at both club and representative level. I'll talk about Mitch in a minute. James L, four for 25 off eight. And Michael Ribbon, unusually, as uh, Mitch Cronin alluded to, Michael, unusually getting a bit of tap. He's been outstanding. Mitch, if I can just duck off just for one minute. Dan's commentated the game against the Rosellas in the suburban districts. Michael Rippon must bowling to that bowling lineup. That must have been an absolutely outstanding performance to watch him bowl in that environment. He's been superb for you, but he he must have really stepped it up against the Rosellas. Just quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, he did. We're um, over the bowl and got absolutely flogged around by um, Mr. Sheffield Shield, and then everyone was <laughs> everyone was pretty flat. Um, they only needed 20-odd runs and Mick being Mick just never shuts up and come on to bowl and he was even talking like he was, he'd bowl it and then be like encouraging the fielders. Like usually it's the other way around. The fielders encourage the bowler, but he just, he just didn't shut up and got everyone lifted up again and he sort of just rode off the back of that. And yeah, when he's firing, he's a pleasure to watch. And how extraordinary that the, Suburban Districts Rebels tied against two the two men that two weeks later were playing second eleven for our wonderful state. It's a quite extraordinary story, really. Blake McDonald and Jeremy Noonan, it really is. Um, Mitch, nine for 98 you took. Actually, I'll hand over enough from me. Saunders, um, 
the waterboard got foot back really hard and took nine for 98 to finish in ends off. And you and clearly that's got them right back into the game and given them a fighting chance. Yeah, well, even four, four for one, five, three. We've taken the last six wickets for 18 runs, and that's what's won them. At the end of the game, as Mitch said, you know, they're never really in the game until they're yeah. in the game. Um, but Mitch's second spell where he's just destroyed the second half of their innings um, because with the, the, the target, that they were looking for a plus 200 score. Um, and the way Cam Wells was going, 53 or 46 or six sixes. Um, Dion Sandos, yeah, he batted in innings that a lot of us old timers know he is capable of batting. He can hold and end up, he can bat 40 overs on his ear and just rotate the striker, the hitting at the other end, 58 off 98. Uh, Paul Gauchy with a quick 25. He's hit three bombs as well. I'm tipping to the same area. Um, but the tail just hasn't wagged. And again, James Earl was four for 25. And then nearly matching figures, Mitch, four for 26. Just uh, talk us through your innings, Mitch. I see Pat Lochran was the backbone of that innings, 36 from 79. And he's batted, um, well, significant time as, as the top order. No one really got going. And then Nick Dimmers, who I believe is normally a, goes pretty quick five from 31 so that six wicket partnership may not have been for many runs but at the time actually sorry the yeah the fifth wicket it's only 17 runs but they've occupied the crease for a significant time yeah so um paddy lock he's we've sort of been missing an opener all year and he um He's had a couple of digs now. I gave him the opportunity up there and he's had a couple of digs where he sort of played that anchor role if Jake Rippon's got out early. So he's well and truly earned his spot there. And he's, his innings has definitely won us the game. Like there was other wickets falling around him. Um, Nick Dimmers, he's he's been battling a shoulder injury all year. That, that game he played on the weekend, that's ruled him out for this week just because his shoulder's no good. So we'll be missing him this weekend. Um, but yeah, we were we were in all sorts, and we sort of just knew that if we can get ourselves into that last ten overs with a few wickets in hand, um, anything can happen. And as you can see, it did happen. So yeah, yeah well, twenty nine from thirty two. Osama Radford thirty three from thirty six. The tail has wagged, and then some. Uh, Nick Bates coming up from um, Div Fours. Bowl well. He's taken four for forty three. Nearly won the game for the journeyman. Yeah, um, he did. But, yeah, look, at 8 for 144, I mean, still 28 runs required. I guess you figures your season was you know, well and truly over. But a 10th wicket partnership there, only a couple of runs, but got you home with a couple of balls spare. So I'll say this about Waterboard as well as the Rogue Scholars. Rogue Scholars are going into this week, come off, a grinding one-wicket win over the Pythons and a five-wicket win that went down in the last over against Warners Bay. Rogue scholars have found ways to win in tough, sudden death sort of games because they've been playing to hold on to fourth spot, hold on to fourth spot. The waterboard had fourth spot. And then um, the wash out there with, uh, and dropped them back to fifth. Um, but waterboard, they've shown batting first. They can put big totals on, but very encouraging to see in a, in a, in a must-win fixture that fight because that's what sudden death, that's what finals cricket is all about. So this weekend, it's it's going to be really about who wants it more, in, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Like that that game on the weekend, I I remember it that well. I was sitting on the sideline counting all the runs. I had my calculator out, and every time an over was finished, I'd divide it by the overs to find out what we needed for a run rate. And 
We needed 14 off eight and Sully had two balls left and Osama hit one of the biggest sixes over the other side of the hole I've ever seen. Eight off seven, hit a two and we needed six off six. And then it ended up getting down to, we needed one run, two wickets left off three balls and then Osama got out. And as our number 11 was walking out, I just had flashbacks of that Merriweather game where we ended up getting the tie and I was just... Yeah, but um, so it's good. Oh, sorry, the drop is out of fourth to fifth, not the yeah. one. Out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for us to get that win, that's huge because our top order, who usually scores all of our runs, we we sort of failed, and it was the bottom order that got us home. So, in terms of confidence, that's that win was huge for us. Um, so we know that we can chase totals down whether we're batting whether we're opening or we're batting down at nine and ten. So. Yeah, no doubt an enjoyable Saturday night, Mr. Cronut. Were there a couple of beverages consumed? Yeah, I did, with no rep commitments on a Sunday, a very rare Sunday where I didn't have anything to do. I uh, I did have a bit of a headache Sunday morning. That's the way cricket is, isn't it? Congratulations on a performance and to both teams. What a great game of cricket. Uh, Gents, we'll go to the other games now. Holy cow. I think I know what Saundo is going to be talking about shortly. So we'll go to that game last. So we'll give the, the great man a little bit of time there. Port Stevens and Merriweather played at Connolly Park um, on Saturday. So Port Stevens very unusually all out for 30, on 35.4 overs for 133. Torren Everly in the middle of an outstanding all-round performance, which would have probably won him three votes if there was a 3-2-1, made 30. And Josh Moxie, 21. Brock Hawley, not out, 22. And Stephen Pride, the figures, four for 21 off eight, which is an absolutely superb performance. And then Merriweather did not have things their own way. At one stage, they were six for 104, five for 84, four for 74. However, they got through and did the job. Paul Dan, who's been also in the middle of a great um, spell with bat at uh, end of season with bat and ball 53. Stephen Pride 25 not. And I mentioned that Tyron Everly would have probably won three votes. He made 30, but he also went eight overs, two maidens, four for 25. So Tyron Everly just turning it on. Saundo, um, yeah, this was this game ebbed and flowed, and Mer- Merriweather's ability to bat low and bat deep got them home. The same old story week in, week out with Merriweather. They just, when they bat first, they always find a way to get to 40 and chasing. They're, they're never out of a run chase. They might not always get there, but the fight's there. I spent, I was there for the first 20 hours of this game. So I watched the first 20 hours of the Pythons innings. And look, they come out of the blocks flying. You know, Josh Moxie is normally uh, the less aggressive of the brothers. He normally uh, a bit more down in his approach. He was going at a run of ball till he got out. He nicked off. Uh, Lee Williams was caught on the crease, Plum LB, Ben Trope, both opens back in the sheds by 30. Um, one of the biggest cluster, you know, what's, uh, saw Lake Neville get run out. And then not long after that, uh, Jared Moxie nicked off as well. Four for about 40, I think they were four for 41. They were in awful trouble. I think they got the 67 at drinks. Um, they lost a wicket straight after drinks. Um, but a couple of tail there. Brock Hawley, a runner ball, 22, not out. Um, most importantly, they put on 26 for the last wicket. Now, got them midway through the 36 over. Um, I, I don't think how, how it played out, they got to 40, it probably wouldn't have mattered. Having spoken to guys from both teams after the game, the Pythons are the first to admit they were totally outplayed, bat, ball, field. It was not a good day out for them. Merriweather, they turned up. 
Um, Paul Dan, great innings. He's off the back of some impressive bowling the last few weeks um, with 53. Um, again, Mariota, like you know, all these teams, we're all capable of a collapse, but the, the Pride brothers solidified um, that. They got him home with a 31-run seventh-wicket partnership. Two and a half overs up their sleeve. In the end, a comfortable win, which puts Merriweather straight through to the semifinals next week. They'll be hosting at Connolly Park, and they will play the winner, I believe, of our game. Or the board because it's so, crossed over. As, as I'm, I think I got that wrong um, speaking to you, but then we fix it up because there's a crossover, isn't there? So they've gone now into the same pools as you do in this uh, McIntyre system. So, wow. So, uh, training for the rights to play Merriweather. Uh, Mitch, pretty good game of cricket, really, but Merriweather's ability to, to uh, knock them over inside 36 overs has, has let, catapulted them to victory and Paul Dan's terrific performance with the bat. Yeah, well, anytime you play the Pythons, and we, we were talking about engine rooms before, and if you get the Moxies and Lee Williams out for not many runs, they're, they're going to struggle to get a um, big total together. So that's what Merriweather did. And, um, yeah, as they bat deep, they just chase them down the way that they always do. So and well done, Merriweather. Oh, absolutely. No, a terrific performance. Now, ladies and gentlemen, buckle in. Buckle up and get set. I know there's a car reference coming there, but you might need to. I've got to be very careful about this because it's on my podcast channel. Ladies and gents, first of all, I'll do the scoring for you. Um, in a very high scoring game of cricket, and I'm what I'm sure was an absolute belter at Cardiff too. Nelson Bay uh, was sent in by CNBs and made a superb 189 for seven off 40. Dougie Rowland, 62 not out and batted the entire innings. It's not technically carrying the bat. Carrying the bat, all 10 men have got to be out. But he batted the entire innings, 41 to Matt Palmer uh, with five boundaries. Um, Zan Muhammad Omar has been in great form most of the season, three for 35 off eight, and two for 24. Cement Reliance got this handy knack of chipping in for wickets. And then just before I hand over to Saundo, Cardiff got them in 35.4 overs, a superb batting performance, 293, if you don't mind. Jivan Jotsing, 27. Rowan Mokal, um, 31, not out. But Rahul Bakshi, 114 off 102, 12 and 5. It's the second time he's played for certain moves this year and made runs. Uh, just anchored the victory home. That's enough for me. They're, they're the facts and figures. Dan Saunders, over to you. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll be careful what I say, but again, there, there's not too much to say. Nelson Bay come off back-to-back wins to close out the season to finish outright seventh. So um, they were quite confident going into this game against Carter Pularu. Unfortunately for Nelson Bay, they don't have the luxury to lean on a district club who have a team that can't make the semifinals in either grade, in any grades. But Carter Pularu have that luxury. Now, the way the rules of the competition are set up, uh, weeks one and two of the final series, anyone can play as long as they're registered. But to qualify for the, the third and fourth round or the, the semi-finals or the preliminary finals, I believe they're calling it now, in the grand final, you must play a minimum of five games in that grade or lower. Okay, so for mine in finals, I'd hate to be playing in a team where players have played or you're getting left out to try and qualify someone from a grade competition who's not going to qualify, as you said, um, he's played two games now. So the maximum games he can play is three. I can't see how there would be any special dispensation because the other Saturday he's been too busy playing first grade. Now, 
no rules have been broken. No laws have been broken. Uh, to me, it's a bit like man-catting or sleeping with your sister. You know, it's sort of frowned upon. Or stepsister. Um, you don't do it. Thanks for that clarification. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like you're a family of brothers. Apologies. Um, again, uh, the way the rules are written at present, or the laws, whatever you want to call them, this is the final round where anyone can play. Now, again, the idea of the rule is, okay, five games. You would think you're, you're ranking five players who play week in, week out, every second week. They're going to play five games. So should their team make the final series, they qualify. Sure, there's work. There's other commitments. Uh, washouts only come in if teams enter their teams prior to the fixture, not afterwards. Ringing up that's a, that's a big, let me tell you, that's a big deal. That's one of my jobs in my grade club. And it's mm -hmm. absolutely pivotal you must put your teams in yeah so for, for mine and, and again i stress no rules have been broken yet um but i would have been of the understanding okay well a first grade cricketer has played first grade all year a representative first grade cricketer um first maybe class run cricketer. maybe they're running sorry first class cricketer first class cricketer yeah uh maybe they're unavailable for week two of their two-day fix just so by all means you've got that opportunity to have a game of cricket we're all about getting people on the park playing as much cricket. What we're not about is having grade teams that can't make the semi-finals, so stockpiling their suburban districts teams to try and make semi-finals. To me, that is not within the spirit of cricket. Um, I just hope after this weekend, should Cardiff Bulleroo defeat the Pythons, that they honour the rules, they honour the spirit of cricket, because I'd hate to see a team potentially disqualified for playing ineligible players. Um, on the flip side, a fantastic knock. It's not oh. the guy's fault. He gets picked to play. He's going to go out there and do his best for his club, regardless whether it's two-day, one-day, T20. 114 not out of 102. 12 fours, five sixes. I was there for basically that whole uh, CB's innings. Uh, Nelson Bay, they got 189 now. A couple of their, uh, I guess, my vintage players, if you'll. Dougie Rollins, 62, not out of 108. Great knock with a backbone of the rings. Matty Palmer's been a fixture of this team for forever. 41. Uh, late 20 there by uh, Tom Marshall off nine balls. 100, 190 for victory in Division 1. Nine times out of 10 should always be enough, regardless of the opposition. And Nelson Bay, they just simply with the ball and in the field. Carter Fleury wanted it more. Um, you know, it's fair to say 114 not out out of two for 190. It's a one-man show, and in the end, it was. But having been at the ground, uh, I would have liked to have seen more urgency. Certainly, you know, give the bloke a single and crowd the bat and strangle the opposition, strangle the other end. I, th I think a lot of cricket cricketsmanship, if that's a word, probably uh, wasn't on the park for Nelson Bay on the weekend. I think they've played their grand final or their, their knockout sudden death games too early. Carter Fleury wanted it more, and, and again, by playing a first-grade, first-class district cricketer um, at work from this week, it could well work from uh, on this weekend. But um, I would hate to see them try and pull that stunt in week three because that podcast will probably need the uncensored sign. Okay. Um, can you confirm or deny that the, the wicket at Cardiff 2 is as good as it's been reported and, and rumoured? Yeah, so again, similar to Warners Bay, and as we said with Adam Hardy, that that was at Warners Bay, this game at Cardiff. As the crow flies two kilometres, two and a half kilometres, 
Um, there was that late rain went on Friday night, a little bit on Saturday morning. And again, Carter Fullery won the toss and sent Nelson Bay in. So it was a bit poppy early on. It was difficult to bat on, especially the first 20. And you'll see there by Doug Rawlins, he's batted 40 overs for 62, which is a great knock. But he would traditionally, if he'd faced 108 balls, would have at least 80 or 90. Or he'd be stoked to have batted 40 overs for his team. And what he would have thought, probably a match-winning innings until the, the intermission. Um, but that's Nelson Bay season over. As it stands, the top six are now gone through, as the latter would dictate. Um Commiserations of the Bay. Well done to Carter Fullerou. Um, but yeah, I'd be, be, love to be a bystander at 1833 Park this week uh, watching the Pythons with Carter Fullerou. Perfect segue. Mitch Croner, we've spoken about the waterboard and the Rogue Scholars. It's going to be a great game. That Port Stevens Cardiff game, especially if Cardiff go with the same 11, um, that's going to be fascinating. And I just got, I've got this funny feeling that. Spin might play a massive role in this game at 1833. Mitch, your thoughts on the Port Stevens Pythons and CNB's uh, Division One semi-final? Yeah, well, it's sort of. I mean, if they play that district player, I think it's going to be a very close game. But it's it's very hard to go and play Pythons at their home ground. It's like going to play Penrith at their home ground last year. Just you just couldn't win. So. I think if Cardiff want to win, they probably need old mate. Um, but yeah, I, I see Pythons winning this one. Can I get your thoughts, uh, Mitch, just on that scenario we just discussed? And by all means, we, we don't. I don't want you to say anything that you know get yourself uh, into trouble. With you, but if that's exactly any- that's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, so so yeah. Thanks there for saying that. I would, as a current player, a captain of a, a Division One side who potentially um, you know, could come up against this in a grand final in a couple of weeks. Yeah, look, if, if I was playing Cardiff on the weekend and he showed up in my game, I'd, I'd be very annoyed. It's probably disappointed, disappointed annoyed. Like, I'd, I'd, it's completely out of the spirit of the game. Like, at the end of the day, it is a competitive Div 1 competition, but it's still it's it's still suburban districts. Like, it's we wouldn't do it. Like, it'd be like us pulling back. Billsy and Aaron Wibble to come play for us this weekend because we want to be um, Rogue Scholar. Well, and it's, that's just, that's, that's, that's not, doesn't even cross our mind. So it's just, yeah, it's definitely not within the spirit of cricket. Okay, gents. Um, I, look, we've, I think we've actually had a pretty open, robust discussion, which is what we want to do. Fat, again, before we go to Newcastle, Chili Brothers, Saunders is going to take over here. And I'm sure Cronut might feature. There's a chance Cronut might feature it here after he's fourth. Um, before I go any further and, and moving on, congratulations on a superb individual season, both for West End at representative level. You've been absolutely superb. And I would, I know that you may not be interested, and this is a question without notice, but there's surely going to be one or two people tapping on your shoulder to get you to come and play a two-day career because there is no doubt in my mind that you've got the ability to be a very, very good first-grade district player. So congratulations on your individual form. I know you're not about yourself, but, mate, you've been superb this year. Absolutely outstanding. Well done. Yeah, thanks, Redis. Thanks, mate. Gentlemen, again, just before we go to Chile Brothers, it's Rose Scholars and Waterboard. That's at one o'clock at Islington and Port Stevens and CNB. There'll be quite a few people at both, I'd suggest, at 18.33 Park at Raymond Terrace. Both games, one o'clock this Saturday and should be absolutely fascinating cricket. Saundo, here we go, mate. Newcastle Chile Brothers, it's over to you, sir. And whatever right. else you want to talk about, it's your potty. 
no, I think that's it. I was just going to say that in the two previous clashes this year between the Pythons and Cardiff, the Pythons have won both. Um, the, the game at Cardiff number two, where the Pythons scored 271, which I think that may be the highest score this year. I know um, Waterboard have gone some 250 scores. Mitch, have you guys topped 271 this year? No, nah, we got early in the season, we got 260 against Nelson Bay and then two. I think, I think we might have got 250 against journeyman under 16s throughout the season. And then, yeah, another one against Redhead a few weeks ago. But yeah, not, not 270. Yeah. Now, Jared Moxie scored 100 in that game. I think Josh scored 53 at 140 run fourth for your partnership. They've all Cardiff out for 150 in the. Return match at King Park 5, 1833 Park. Uh, Jared Moxie again, 53 top score, 7174. Uh, Cardiff all out 140. So uh, Jared Moxie's got a big role to play. And, and knowing him and, and knowing his confidence, um, he'll, he would love the challenge of the opposition having a batsman who uh, some might even say is better. He would hate to hear that. And I love you, Jared, but uh, challenge issue. <laughs> Mr. Suburban District wouldn't like hearing that. Oh, that's coming from the Prince of Suburban Districts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Newcastle Chili Brothers. Uh, been a great sponsor this year. Uh, well, the second half of this season, the final series for our performance of the Round Award. Um, anyone who's had the uh, luck of uh, winning that award, or nothing but feedback on the product. Uh, I can certainly vouch for the sweet chili and the mango coconut. Um, Division one, look, we'll start off. Look, Rahul Bakshi, you can't not... Um, Give it a wrap. 114 not out, 102 balls, 12 fours, five sixes. A great performance. In Division 4, Ben Turton for Warners Bay scored 92 from 78 balls with three, 13 boundaries and three sixes. In Division 6, uh, Daniel Burns also for Warners Bay scored 89 uh, with seven fours and four sixes. Also in Division 6, in the same game and the same team, and I believe they're brothers, the Weeks boys had it again, Shannon Weeks. Uh, for Beresfield Memorial, scored 80 off 78 with seven fours and five sixes. And then Ashley with the pills, seven overs, no wickets, five for 19. But this week's Newcastle Killy Bros, saw no one read his podcast performance of the round. Goes to Division 5, Sean Love from the Mary Ellen Mudrats. Um, out of a team total of eight for 199, Sean batting at six is in 140 not out. What? Batting at six. Now, I've checked. It's, it's not alphabetical order. He's come in at four for not many. Tiger all. We don't have the ball space. We don't have the fours and sixes. But Sean Love for the Maryland Mudrats, this is their second team, and has played in the second team all year. <clears throat> 140 not out out of a total of eight for 199. Well, that's Glenn Turner-esque, isn't it? That's an amazing performance. It's gone getting such a high percentage game against the uh, hapless Katara Hornets has ended their season in Division 5, who are minor major premiers in Division 5 last year. Um, so, Sean Love, um, fantastic knock. And really, this is one of the few weeks this year where it really hasn't been a tough decision. Um, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I ended up splitting it and giving out two awards because I just couldn't split it. But uh, Sean Love from Maryland Mudrats, 140 not out, out of eight for 199. That is the performance of the round. Newcastle Chili Bros, three bottles of their uh, various flavours coming your way. I will get in touch off air through uh, Messenger or however I can get a hold of you. And, um, yeah, I'll get them too. I'll try and get out to your game on Saturday and say good day. But, um, again, 
Newcastle Chili Rose, thank you for your sponsorship. This will continue through to the final round of the grand final. And um, if I've got any stock left over, who knows? I might be just handing around Willie Millie at grand final day. Just while you're both there, um, we were referring earlier on to the fact that the Rebels ran into two second, uh, the second 11 cricketers. Just quickly at the magnificent new cricket central in Silverwater, New South Wales country played New South Wales Metro this week. The game finished tonight. Here are the scores. You want to talk about a good deck. Metro, 434 all out and six for 296 declared. Country, 479 all out and seven for 255 off 45 overs chasing. But countries won by three wickets outright when they've both scored 740 runs each. <laughs> My team deserves to lose in that. <laughs> that is an amazing... Oh, 730 runs each. That's amazing. And I can tell you, it's a belt. If you ever get a chance to look at Cricket Central, not much shade there, but it's got eight, 15 or 16 wickets wide. It's very wide. Lightning outfield. It's just superb. But that's a great performance. Mitch, was there anybody you wanted to mention from the club? I know we've done this before. Anybody else you'd like to, to, to mention at West Waterboard? You've been good enough to come on. Anybody around the club you'd love to mention to give them a cheer out on our podcast, please? Um, no, I think I gave a couple of shout-outs last time. I mean, Joel Kaler and Pete Watkins, they're, they're sort of the backbone of the waterboard. Um, Joel curates our um, second-grade home ground of Blackley. Pete, Pete um, works a lot, but he always has stuff to do behind the scenes for us. So, yeah, we probably wouldn't have a club without them too. So, um, yeah, shout-out to them. Very good. Um, while Dan and I are here, can we wish uh, you all the best in the uh, John Ball Shield final that's coming up? Uh, Dan, did you want to talk a little bit about that? I know you've got a side and so forth, but we'll come back to talk about Mitchell and, and discuss that briefly. We've got a little bit of time. Go for your life, Saunder. Yeah, no, well, while we've got Mitch here, Mitch is the captain of the John Ball Shield team this Sunday. Exactly. Um, I just thought we'd just um, go over the 12 band squad that's been named and, and maybe get some commentary from Mitch regarding this fixture. Um, but the John Bull Shield Finals being held this Sunday, March 12, at Howe Park in Singleton. Uh, it's a 10 o'clock start, 50 over a side fixture. Um, the squad, in no particular order, uh, Mitch Cronick, captain for the Waterboard Cricket Club, Josh Moxie, vice-captain for the Pythons, Tim Cameron from Merriweather, Scott Burns from Warners Bay, Jared Moxie from the Pythons, Chris Dybert from the Journeyman, Leighton Everly from the Port Stephens Pythons, Ryan Reedman from Maryland Fletcher, Michael Rippon from the Waterboard, Steve Grimshaw from Warners Bay, Jason Everly from the Pythons, and Mitch, I've got a text just before we went to air. I understand James Earl is unavailable now and Jeremy Rushford has come in. You aware of that? Yeah, correct. So um, James messaged me this morning and said that he um, hurt his back and... Of course, me being waterboard skipper and that being my priority, I asked him if he's going to be right for Saturday. And he said, uh, yeah, I should be right. Um, but I reckon it's going to pull up pretty sore. And he, yeah. he said it's probably better off getting the fully fit person in for rep because he reckons that it's just going to be no good come Sunday after trying to bowl and bat and field on Saturday. So he um, made the unselfish decision to rule himself out, which is hats off to him. Um, he definitely deserves to be there. He's in the Summer Bash team. He's he'd be one of our best bowlers, good fielder, good Great. bat. So, and a, and a match-winning all-round performance on the weekend in a, in a clutch match, four for in I think twenty-nine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, just just on that, I, I understand that there's many cricketers, some some who played um, Summer Bash, and others who just you know 
have made themselves unavailable for representative cricket for family reasons or you know, they give up Saturdays, don't want to give up Sundays, which, which is completely understandable. Um, on paper, a very strong squad. Um, a couple of names, and again, I don't mean to put you on the spot, um, but Kane Bradley from Warners Bay and Jason Pratton is the leading wicket taker and I think 250 runs. With guys like that available and, and unfortunate to miss out, it, to me, it just really exemplifies the strength of this team you have on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. So they were they were definitely two names that were tossed around when we had our selection meeting Monday night. Um, it basically came down to... So Kane played the first game, but um, made himself unavailable or wasn't available for a few games. And, um, like... Nat, if if he made him if he played every game, Kane would be picked in our squad straight up, and he'd be batting number five. But it was just the matter of he he didn't commit as much as we sort of like him to, and it's a matter of just sending him a message and being like, "Look, Kane, you probably deserve to be there, but we we um, reward um, consistency and make yourself available." So. Um, and Jason as well, he, he was another name thrown up. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it comes back to, I know he was, he was unavailable for a game and he was away than the other games, but, um, yeah, it just came back down to making yourself available. Um, we wanted to reward those blokes that made that trip to Scone and we feel like the teams that we've picked and played with, um, we're good. They were good enough to get us to the final. So why can't they win us a final as well? So, no, um, look, well said. And again, that wasn't to put you on the spot. That was just, yeah. it's no, just, just a really, I guess, because that's a very strong team, and you've got so many options, both with your batting order, but you'll bowl fifty overs there on your ear. Like it's not like there's only five guys who have to bowl ten. There's, I mean, Everly, Grimshaw, Ripon, Reedman, Late Everly, Rushford, uh, Jared Moxie for quite Scotty Burns. Uh, even Josh and of course Mitch Cronin just go try get try get try getting the ball out of Cronin's hand if he gets going. <laughs> well, and rightly so. I mean, it's a final. It's it's you you can't. It all stays at, at Howe Park. We don't lose or draw. Rather than get on the soapbox, can I just ask a couple of little quick questions? I think you said, no, no, no. I just want just maybe even a couple of statements. The games in Singleton here down at Howe Park. Yeah. Uh, does that ground have covers? They do now. So when we played there through the when we played Singleton there through the year, um, or through the season, sorry. Apparently, Howe Park only just reopened, and the covers that were originally there were over at one of their other one of the other main grounds. And so that initial rec game we played there, it only got moved there during the week because it was only open, and they were like, "Oh well, this is our premier ground. We're going to play rec there." But they didn't move the covers yet, and that's when it, that was the game that was rain affected and everything. So they've they've promised us that there are covers there this time. So hopefully that won't be a factor. Because the reason I'm asking that is, guess what's supposed to, guess what's forecast on Sunday? Rain. Mm. And I'm just wondering what the I haven't I've got the play HQ open. I'm just curious as to what the rules are if it's a washout. Because guess Why? who's number guess who's yeah. number one seed? Yeah, Newcastle. So yeah, my understanding, if it's washed out, highest place. But I was also the understanding that highest place hosts as well. So, oh, oh, in, in, I, I, I think the game should be played on, uh, in, on, at, at Lawn Park. That's what my personal opinion. I'm allowed to have an opinion. I'm not being rude. Uh, that's my opinion. But uh, I know the Rebels will play anywhere. 
Um, I love going to single Timothy Quadrants because Hell Park's not very far from the Aussie Rules Ground that I've commented on. So good luck up there. But from all of us, Mitch, to you and the lads, very, very best wishes. It's a massive day. I'm confident you'll come home with the, the chocolates. Seshnock, of course, got through with the most extraordinary win I think anyone's ever seen. But well, the, uh, same, look, the same pulling a Maitland's become part of our lexicon now. And we'll stay that way. Um, <laughs> Mitch, very best wishes to you and to the lads. Please pass that on to them and we'll be monitoring. Hopefully someone live scores it and we can keep up to date with it. But very, it's yeah, it's being live streamed. Oh, it's um, being live streamed. Yeah, there's a, a live stream link on the fixture in, in my cricket. And I've added that to the, the, the cricket page on Facebook too. So um, we'll be able to, well, hopefully, the live scoring. David Abs will be there, the man. So I dare say the live scoring will be linked in too. So I'll be able to watch it from afar and uh, keep track of the scores. Yeah, but as Watching Cronut bounce blokes, that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, look, Mitch, thanks, thanks once again. Good luck in the rep game. Good luck against Rogue Skulls. It's going to be a cracking um, elimination final at Islington Oval this Saturday. Um, yeah, pass on our best to the team and um, yeah, pending results, we may have you back in a couple of weeks Sounds good, I'll see you in a couple of weeks <laughs> I love the confidence Gentlemen, thank you both very much, Mitch, thank you very much for being our very special guest, Adam Hardy uh, Saundo, catch up with you uh, and uh, to be quite honest, I thought you were very restrained this evening, I'm most impressed I thought it, I thought you'd wind up and go like a thrashing machine, but you didn't I thought you were very if pointed. Tuesday or Wednesday night, you wouldn't have me back. I've had time. Very good. Gentlemen, Getting take home. care. Saundo, Mitch. Mitch, have a great weekend, mate. Enjoy yourself. Go hard. Go well. Really proud of you for getting into the, the finals on Sunday. Best wishes. Thanks, Rebus. On behalf of Saundo, Mitch, Adam, this is David. You all take care. Enjoy a huge cricket weekend this weekend. Go Australia. Skittle them in Ahmedabad. From, from us, it's bye for now.